Hello, everyone, and welcome to the January 8 edition of the WorkComp Academy Weekly News. I'm Renee Foles, an attorney with Floyd Skarin, Manukian, and Longevin. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get started with our litigation report. Kmart pharmacies have settled an overbilling whistleblower case for $32 million. The suit was filed by James Garby, an experienced pharmacist who began working at Kmart Pharmacy in 2007. One day, he picked up a personal prescription at a competitor pharmacy and noticed the competitor had charged his Medicare Part D insurer far less than Kmart ordinarily charged it for the same prescription. Out of curiosity, he started inspecting Kmart's pharmacy reimbursement claims and found that Kmart routinely charged customers with insurance higher prices than customers who paid out of pocket. Nearly all cash customers received the lower discount program prices. Those discount program sales were ignored when Kmart calculated its usual and customary prices for its generic drugs for purposes of Medicare reimbursement. Garby filed a key Tom whistleblower suit against Kmart Corporation in the Federal District in Los Angeles and later transferred the case to Southern District of Illinois. He claimed that Kmart knowingly failed to disclose those discount prices when reporting to federal health programs its usual and customary prices. As a result, Kmart Corporation has agreed to pay $32.3 million to the United States to settle the allegations. The settlement agreement with the United States is part of a global $59 million settlement that includes a resolution of state Medicaid and insurance claims against Kmart. The whistleblower pharmacist who litigated the case after the government declined to intervene in the action will receive $9.3 million as his share of the settlement. And now our crime report. In the 1990s, Los Angeles personal injury attorney Larry H. Parker became locally famous for his pervasive television ads with the tagline, I'm Larry H. Parker and I will fight for you. If he could not settle cases prior to filing suit, he would refer the case to the Perona, Langer, Beck, Serban, and Mendoza, and Harrison law firm in Long Beach. 58-year-old John A. Mendoza of Redondo Beach was a partner at the firm, but was recently fired. He went to the offices as staffers were wrapping up a holiday party and told lower-level employees to leave the building, but kept his two victims inside, then opened fire. 75-year-old Major A. Langer of Roland Hills was killed in the attack. Mendoza shot another senior partner, Ronald Beck, who ran the day-to-day operations and then turned the gun on himself. Mendoza was a workers' compensation attorney who had worked thousands of industrial injury cases over the past 20 years and had been a frequent guest on local television and radio stations. Beck's son drove him to the hospital after the attack, where he was reported to be in stable condition. The operator of two now-defunct medical supply companies in Hawthorne and Ventura, California, as well as two former employees, have been arrested and face a 29-count indictment that was returned by a federal grand jury. According to the indictment, 
Tamra Yvonne Motley operated Action Medical Equipment and Supplies, which was based in Hawthorne, and Kaja Medical Equipment and Supply, which was based in Ventura. Motley allegedly orchestrated a scheme in which corrupt physicians prescribed medically unnecessary durable medical equipment, such as power wheelchairs, as Motley oversaw the submission of fraudulent bills to Medicare. In 2011, when Medicare changed the reimbursement rules for power wheelchairs, the company instead started billing Medicare for repairs, often which were not performed. The indictment charges three defendants with 20 counts of health care fraud and one count of conspiring to launder money. If convicted, each of the three defendants could potentially face decades in federal prison. All three entered not guilty pleas to the charges in the indictment, and a trial was scheduled for February 13. And in regulatory news, the Division of Workers' Compensation suspended 28 more medical providers last month, bringing the total number of providers suspended to 159. Most notable among them was Dr. Christine Erosevich, a Beverly Hills physician, who was convicted in 2010 of unlawfully prescribing controlled substances following the death of her patient, actress Anna Nicole Smith. Erosevich wrote numerous unnecessary prescriptions for controlled substances using false names and information for individuals who were not her patients. Erosevich was also suspended by the California Department of Healthcare Services from participating in the Medi-Cal program for an indefinite period of time. In October 2017, Erosovich filed a federal lawsuit against officials of the Division of Industrial Relations contesting her suspension. Her federal action was dismissed in December based upon the Younger Abstention Doctrine. In 1971, case of Younger v. Harris, the U.S. Supreme Court reaffirmed the long-standing principle that federal courts sitting in equity cannot absent exceptional circumstances enjoying pending state criminal proceedings and civil enforcement actions akin to criminal proceedings. Also suspended was Dr. Gary Ordog, a Newhall physician and operator of a mobile medical clinic who was convicted in 2016 for submitting $6.5 million of fraudulent claims to Medicare. Ordog submitted false and fraudulent claims to Medi-Cal for office visits or other outpatient visits that never occurred. And Dr. Awosu Anahe Firempong, another Beverly Hills physician who was convicted in 2012 of federal, in federal court of health care fraud for submitting false and fraudulent claims to Medicare, was also suspended. Byron Pong was also convicted in 2011 in federal court of conspiracy to distribute cocaine and conspiracy to launder money. Byron Pong was sentenced to 57 months in federal prison in order to pay nearly $800,000 in restitution, and his medical license was revoked in 2016. The list of all of the 28 new vendors who have been recently suspended is contained in the latest DWC notice and on the DWC webpage that lists all suspended providers to date. 
The U.S. Justice Department on Thursday has rescinded a marijuana policy established by former President Barack Obama that eased enforcement of federal drug laws as a growing number of states and localities legalized the drug. The Obama-era policy recognized marijuana as a dangerous drug, but said the department expected states and localities that authorized various uses of the drug to effectively regulate and police it. But from now on, federal prosecutors around the country will have discretion to enforce U.S. laws on marijuana as they see fit in their own districts. The policy change comes just days after California formally launched the world's largest regulated commercial market for recreational marijuana. Other states that permit the regulated sale of marijuana for recreational use include Colorado, Washington, Oregon, Alaska, and Nevada. Massachusetts and Maine are on track to follow suit later this year. U.S. Attorney General Jeff Sessions has made no secret about his disdain for marijuana and has said the drug is harmful and should not be legalized. He also described marijuana as a gateway drug for opioid addicts. Sessions and some law enforcement officials in states such as Colorado blame legalization for a number of problems, including drug traffickers who have taken advantage of lax marijuana laws to illegally grow and ship the drug across state lines where it can sell for much more money. The Department of Industrial Relations reports that 376 Californians died on the job in 2016, down slightly from the 388 deaths in 2015. A review of the past 12 years indicates that workplace fatalities in California remain below the average rate of fatalities prior to 2008, when the recession began. On the national level, the rate of fatalities jumped, from 3.4 to 3.6 per 100,000 workers. There were 376 fatal injuries on the job in California in 2016, compared to 388 in 2015 and 344 in 2014 and 396 in 2013. One in five of them, or 20% of all California workplace deaths identified in 2016, were attributed to violence and other injuries by persons or animals. The incidence of workplace homicides in 2016 accounts for 12% of all workplace deaths in the state. Nearly two of every five, or 38% California workplace deaths identified in 2016, occurred in transportation incidents. And one in six, or 17% of all workplace deaths in California, were attributed to trips, slips, and falls, with 90% of those deaths involving falls to a lower level. The tables reflecting final data for 2016 and prior years for California are posted online, as well as a report reflecting four years of fatal occupational injuries in California. The DIR conducts the California Census annually in conjunction with the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. Cal OSHA has issued citations to Hadley Date Gardens Incorporated of Thermal for serious workplace safety and health violations following a bee swarm that stung and killed a tree worker. 
In July 2017, 49-year-old Gerardo Balbuena was spraying water on date palm fruit from the elevated bucket of a spraying rig when a beehive was disturbed. The bees repeatedly stung the worker who suffered anaphylactic shock and died at the site. Balbuena was a native of Morelos, Mexico, and worked at Hadley Date Gardens for nearly 27 years. Kalosha Chief Julian Sum said that recognized workplace hazards for tree workers include bee and other harmful insect exposure. Employers must identify and evaluate workplace hazards and provide appropriate personal protective equipment and effective training to their workers. Kalisha OSHA issued four citations totaling more than $41,000 in proposed penalties for workplace safety and health violations, two of which were classified as serious accident-related. Hadley Date Gardens failed to evaluate the worksite for hazardous bee and insect exposure and failed to establish appropriate safety protocols, which included providing appropriate personal protective equipment and training that could have prevented this incident. Kalosha's tree work safety guidelines specifically cite bee stings as a potentially fatal hazard of which employers must be aware. And in medical news, drug makers open the new year by raising prices on dozens of medicines, but early data showed the increases generally remained within a 10% self-imposed limit in response to a backlash from consumers and politicians. Soaring U.S. prices for both branded and generic drugs have sparked public outrage and government investigations over the past few years. Allergan raised prices on 18 different drugs, including dry eye treatment restasis and irritable bowel syndrome drug Linzess by 9.5%. Allergan's chief executive pledged to keep price increases below 10% as part of what he called the company's social contract with patients. Other drug makers raising prices include Amgen, Teva Pharmaceutical Industries, and Horizon Pharma. Amgen raised the price on its blockbuster rheumatoid arthritis and psoriasis drug Enbrel by 9.7%, and Teva increased prices on its Pro-Air HFA and Pro-Air Respiclic asthma inhalers by 6 and 3% respectively. Drug price increases are coming under more scrutiny from states. California Governor Jerry Brown in last October signed legislation requiring drug manufacturers to give 60-day notice if prices are raised more than 16% over a two-year period. However, the trade group representing U.S. drug makers filed a lawsuit to stop California from implementing this new law. The Pharmaceutical Research and Manufacturers of America initiated litigation alleging that California's SB 17 is an unprecedented and unconstitutional California law. In its federal complaint, Pharma argues that SB 17 attempts to dictate national health care policy related to drug prices in violation of the United States Constitution. 
Ambulances are a vital part of emergency medical services. However, they come in single, homogeneous, high-intervention form, which is at times unnecessary, resulting in excessive costs for patients and insurers. So researchers from the University of Kansas asked whether Uber X's entry into a city caused substitution away from traditional ambulances for low-risk patients. The study investigated ambulance rates in 766 U.S. cities from 43 different states. The results showed at least a 7% decrease in the ambulance rate after an Uber entry into a city. This decrease likely caused a reduction in wait time for the remaining ambulance volume. Given that even a reduction of a few minutes can drastically improve survival rates for serious conditions, this could be associated with a substantial welfare improvement. Researchers often cite costly transportation as a significant barrier to receiving quality health care. A study by doctors at the Kalamazoo College suggests that cost-efficient access to a vehicle is consistently associated with increased access to health care. With demand for ambulances decreased by available Uber drivers, emergency personnel have been able to reach critical patients faster. And with that story, that is all of our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, past editions of our news, and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and special reports using your iPhone, your iPad, or your Android device by searching for the WorkComp Academy with your podcast software. Again, I'm Renee Foles, an attorney with Floyd, Scarron, Manukian, and Langevin. Thanks for joining us today, and please drop by again next week for more news.